0: Welcome to this latest edition of Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Real Roger Quinn, on this 1st of March, 2021. This is episode 761 of the Real Deal Podcast. Um, we, we, man, the year's gone by quick color. It's almost March. It is March in the year, of the year already in the third month of 2021. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Um, a lot to discuss here on on this on this podcast. We'll begin, as always, with around the NBA. Um, good game yesterday. Uh, great game yesterday between the Clippers and uh, Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee came out on top one hundred five to one hundred. Two teams. These are two similar teams in that. I don't believe either one of them will. Our championship are going to are going to win a championship, or even get to the finals for that matter. But they are two contenders, and I I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of if either one of them didn't get uh, if either one of them didn't get to the conference finals. I'm really not that high on either one of these teams, um, for various reasons. Um, the Clippers doing what the Clippers do, and that is come up small in the uh closing minutes and especially in, in the la- in the closing minutes and not be able to finish off a game so the Glippers were up 196 what about man, we're about yeah what're about four minutes I have, uh, have it up here we're about four minutes left and the shots the shots that they got for a team that has two all-nba caliber players a guy in Kawhi Leonard, who we know is a superstar, and a guy in Paul George, who has been a perennial all-star, all-NBA, was third in you know, was third in MVP voting about three years ago, three years back. You would have thought that this team was a, 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 a 20-win team. I mean, when you have players of that magnitude, you're supposed to get better shots than what the Clippers got down the stretch of that game. They got a lot of, we're talking jump shots, fade away, you know, step back 27 foot three point shots. And these were by, listen, these were not by Patrick Beverley's of the world or Marcus Morris. These were by, these shots were taken by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And to me, you know, it is a complete breakdown all around. I look at, obviously you look at the players, players make plays, players make shots. But I also have to look at, Tyrone, uh, uh, Tyrone Lou in terms of how this offense is constructed and why they consistently come up small, um, and struggle to finish games. We saw it in the Brooklyn game, uh, last Sunday. Um, so this is a, is a deeper problem than just, um, than just Kawhi Leonard and, uh, Paul George coming up, uh, coming up small. Uh, this, I mean... Again, their offense. They, if you have those two guys on the court, you should be able—you should be able to get way better shots than they got down straight. So against a Milwaukee team that we know is not good defensively. I mean, to only be able to score hundred points against Milwaukee, Milwaukee defensively this year has been awful. Everybody's putting one t- between one ten and one twenty on Milwaukee easily, nightly. I mean, that defense has been there. That defense has been for the most part has been. Has been pathetic for the most part. So, uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to call it a bad loss, considering Milwaukee's still a pretty good team, still playing against the MVP of the league and Giannis, who had a big game. And you can listen. Those. I'll, let me get. I'll get to, let me get to Giannis in a second. Um. Not to say I'm not gonna call it a bad loss, but it's one of those losses where it's one. It's, it's a game that the Clippers absolutely should have won. Milwaukee, you know, it's not like Milwaukee went out there and set the world on fire in those last five minutes. I mean, Milwaukee was struggling to score uh, in those last in, 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 the, in the final quarter as well. Um, and like I don't think Milwaukee, I, I don't even think Milwaukee played that well, to be honest with you. Now, I know Milwaukee has won now; it's won five straight, but you know they don't. They don't look like the team that they were. they're not the team that they were uh last year. And, um, and and in the previous two years for that matter. And you know, there's a variety of reasons for that. There are thoughts that they are experimenting on some things, trying some new things, trying to turn around their playoff fortunes in the last particular year, in the last two years by sacrificing some regular season wins. We will see how that pans out. Uh Drew Holiday, of course, was for a couple of weeks with the uh with covid so that was a you know that certainly hurt hurt their team um but you know as far as the clippers goes the clippers just it, there is a element of there's a it factor that you see in a championship team that the clippers frankly just don't have they like it's just Again, they we know they have the talent. I don't think there's a. I don't think they are as talented as they were last year. There are a lot. There's there some people out there who believe they have better personnel than last year. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't. I, I don't believe that myself. But um, but it's not even about the talent. It is about the fact that, you know, you they don't have enough guys that you can trust down the stretch of a of, of a big game or of a close game. I mean, Kawhi Leonard. Listen, you know, I. I trust Kawhi Leonard. I've seen him enough times make big shots in big moments. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a Finals MVP. even though he came up small, um, came up small last year in the um, in, in in that Denver series, especially towards the last in the last three games, and even Game Seven. But for the most part, uh, Kawhi Leonard's body of work in big moments uh, speaks for itself. I don't trust anybody else on that team in a big spot that can make it. That's going to make a big shot not Marcus Morris, not Paul George, Bever- not Patrick Beverly, not Nicholas Batum, Lou Williams has been awful in the playoffs. I don't trust any of their other players um, in a big spot. And that's what it comes down to with the Clippers. Clippers, you know, they're going to have a good record. You're going to be looking at the Clippers. People going to be, you know, talking about the Clippers defensively, talking about the Clippers, their, you know, offensive production, which is high, but again, they don't have that intangible, uh, to be to a to win to me, to win an NBA championship to win an NBA championship. And again, I would not be surprised if the Clippers did not make, didn't even, didn't even make did not make the conference finals. As far as Milwaukee goes, um, and the Greek goes, listen, we knew that it was going to be an uphill battle for or it was going to be almost impossible for for the Greek to win the third straight MVP. That he would have to put up some just like Will chamberlain type numbers. And he obviously would, obviously would have to have a better record this year than they did. Like uh, They obviously have, have, to, have to have a better record than they do have currently have right now. But make no mistake about it. This guy has been, he's been phenomenal this year. And in these last 10 games, these last two weeks, he's playing at, he's playing like an MVP. And if Milwaukee does keep winning, he definitely deserves con- some consideration. Like he should be, if, you know, Milwaukee keeps, you know, let's say Milwaukee runs off, you know, three or four, like 10 straight, he deserves. You can't just eliminate him completely from the MVP conversation. Let me look up Giannis' numbers real quick. All right, I know I'm. I'm a guess are around 28, 11, and five, but I'll, I'll look him up uh, real quick. Um, he is. He is, wow, I didn't, they're actually better than him. Okay, so <laughs> this is his numbers are ridiculous this year. He's 29, basically 29, 12, and six. Um, shooting 55 percent from the field. Now, free throw, we know he's been struggling for the free throw line 66 66%, 66%, and 20, only 28 percent from the three-point line. I mean, he's basically got the he's basically got the same stats as he did last year in his MVP year, to be honest with you. It is basically basically the same numbers. I mean, his rebound is down a little – yeah, his rebounding down a little bit. Assist about the same field goal percentage, a little bit higher, three, four percentage down. I mean, he's basically putting up the same numbers he was in his MVP season. So, I like, we, again, I wouldn't vote for him for MVP this year right now, but we can't – you can't just completely just dismiss him from the conversation. Like, he – He's a legit, he's a top five candidate right now. He's top five MVP candidate. Without question, he's a top five MVP candidate right now. He cannot be dismissed from the conversation. Like, we can't start taking 29, 11, and 6 for granted. Like, it's only like at this point, Like it's just like, no. Like, we can't, we can't take those numbers for granted. His production is for granted, for granted. Now, in all fairness, to be fair about it, last year he was defensive player of the year. He has not been as good defensively. Which certainly has contributed to some of their defensive woes. So we gotta be fair about that. We're gonna give him defensive player of the year for playing for the team that had the number one defense uh, defensive efficiency last year. Then you have to knock him when the team is basically middle of the pack defensively this year. That is fair. But he's he's without question a legit MVP uh, candidate. So good game yesterday. Excellent. A good game yesterday. Bad finish for the Clippers. Nice win for the Bucks. Um, of course, we have some comments made by Zlatan, uh, who is a you know soccer player. You know, is a soccer player from the MLS. He made it, basically made a comment that LeBron basically said that LeBron James should shut up and dribble. Didn't say those words exactly, but basically, but you know, I'm paraphrasing. Basically, said, "Hey, athletes should stick to playing sports and let the politicians stick to politics." Um, Lebon had a response for this, saying that you know I have, I have a school with over 300 kids. They need they uh you know I am the voice of those ki- of, of those kids, and basically he's going to continue to do what he does. And basically called Zalatin out for being a hypocrite because a couple of years ago Zelatin was speaking out about racism. So in I believe in Sweden. So called him out for that, and says you know said you know you're the wrong I'm the wrong one to come out to come at. Because I do my homework, which we know LeBron, LeBron James does. So here's the thing: first of all, I didn't even know that they even made athletes like this anymore. Who still have this kind of I want to say I I'm I don't like to say it. I'm saying we still has we still basically have a a slave mentality. Like uh, I mean, we're like I don't understand how you could be an athlete in the 21st century and have that still have that that have that mindset where you just are content with just being a worker and you you know you're not evolving like at some point there's a lot in his career he's not gonna be able to play soccer so what is what's gonna be next like if you like if you have that mindset where you're just you're just to help you're just the expensive the expensive help i mean what, what how there's no growth from that standpoint and that's why you love the, That's why you love the LeBron James of the world, entrepreneur, businessman, you know, entrepreneur. Obviously, we know what he does on the court and what he does, does it with, the, with, in terms of education and just pushing the envelope, using his platform to empower, you know, uh, African-Americans. And LeBron is coming from a point of yes, I, it's my responsibility as being one of the most famous athletes in the world to speak out for my people. That's where LeBron James is coming from. And you know, I, I really, you know, would like to. It's easy to knock Zalatin. he's an easy target uh, at this point. But I really would want to know why why he even had why why he even has this type of mentality. To be honest with you. I don't want to pick on, I want to make this into a culture thing. I don't know what, I don't know what his upbringing was, What he, you know, I I don't know. I just don't know. I'd be very curious to know why um, he thinks this way. But, you know, LeBron, you know, checked him. And LeBron was, of course, is 1,000% right. Like, he's got, like, as an African-American man, having that platform, having, you know, having the resources that LeBron has, he's using them in a way that's going to impact, kids for generations upon generations. That's all it is to it. Um, Bradley Bill continues just to light up the NBA. He had 46 points. You know, in a lot, that was a that was a bad loss for the Wizards. And I don't know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say a team that is 12 and 19 had a bad loss, but the Wizards have been playing well. They have been, coming into yesterday, they were six and one in their last seven games and they were They have been beating some good teams. They, they beat Denver on the road, but they swept, you know, they swept the nets for the season. Uh, they beat the Lakers came back from 17 to beat the Lakers last week. So they, they had been playing well. Westbrook. I picked it up and we know bill has been dominant throughout the course of the season and was well-deserving of being an all-star starter. Um, I had a tough loss. should have had a tough loss yesterday. Bill had a late turnover and Tatum and made it made a couple shots, but bigger than that, um, there are a number of teams that really that really need to be in the Bradley Bill sweepstakes. Um, and that list keeps adding, in my opinion, like I said, the two teams that we talked about earlier could, could definitely use Bradley Bill, though. I don't see a, I don't see a pathway for the Clippers, uh, being able to, to pick them up. because they, they just don't have the assets unless they're talking about moving Paul George which might not be eh, – they don't have the guts. That, that would be interesting. That would, I man, I am just first. actually probably would make that move, to be honest with you. Paul George or Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill is younger. He's less injury prone, and he's not afraid to take a big shot in the playoffs. So he, I, I, might have to think, I might have to think about that if I were the Clippers. They will, they will not do it. They don't have the guts to do it. Um, But I might have to think about that. I I, I haven't really ever thought about that. but. Now that I think about it, that I think that probably would be a, a a slight upgrade, especially in the postseason. Uh, but Milwaukee definitely should make a run uh for him. Uh you can package Middleton and some picks and or some picks or Middleton deep in chin zone somebody else to get Bradley Bill. Uh so they definitely should make a run. And then we all know, and of course the Sixers, uh, as much as we love Ben Simmons, we'd be we'd repeatedly say that Bradley Bill would be a perfect fit. With Philadelphia. But there is another team that I think uh, will probably maybe in the running for Bradleyville, but it's not going to get a lot of pub right as of right now. Won't get a lot of pub right now. But the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers, now the Lakers have had one two straight game. They embarrassed, had a revenge win against Golden State. Remember, they played Golden State. Uh, Earlier the season, they blew a big lead, and they certainly took that out on Golden State last night with no Anthony Davis. Then Struder, then Struder comes back. Um, LeBron only plays twenty-five minutes, but I, I'm, you know, I'm a Laker fan, and I'm looking at this Anthony Davis injury situation, and I, I just don't see him coming back and being the Anthony Davis that we saw last season in the bubble and throughout the course of, of the regular season last year. I don't, I think that Anthony Davis is done for the season. Uh, now again, and we're not talking about knee tendonitis here. We're not talking about ankle, ankle. We're talking about an Achilles, okay? And we're talking about a guy who's had a history of being fragile um, physically. We know when he plays, he's a big-time player, and he's performed at a high level even in the playoffs throughout the course of his career. But this guy... I mean, he, I mean, a, a he gets knocked down by a, a by a, a stiff draft, or oh, you know, the wind knocks him down seemingly. And if I'm the Lakers, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I have to think short and long term here. I have to think of short term, obviously, trying to win a championship this year. But I also have to think about what is the what is the best possible scenario for me to to get the most out of the remaining years of LeBron James's career and we initially thought that Anthony Davis would be the guy to to add uh, to add length to LeBron James's career and i thought that you know when they were signed to him in the offseason 2 years ago thought like, yeah, this dude's gonna add at least three years to LeBron's Angels, James's career. But um right now, I, I think if your Lakers, I I I especially with the way Brooklyn's playing, I know they lost that literally, I know they lost Saturday, but they didn't have, you know, no Kyrie, no Durant. And you know, they had one eight straight. I, I'm looking at Brooklyn. I'm saying we can't beat that team if Anthony Davis is at like sixty 60% or 70%. Anthony Davis has to be a MVP caliber player in order to compete and beat that team. And that's, that's the team that, I mean, and that is the team that you're looking at for the Lakers, thinking big picture, Utah. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll see about Utah in the playoffs. The Brussels Western Conference, I, you know, I don't, Phoenix, I, I don't try, uh, Phoenix, Dallas, the Clippers, um, the West is not, the West is not strong this year at all, to be honest, which is not that strong. Uh, I got, I need to see Portland, get healthy. If they ever get healthy, they never, they never are. So you're really talking about beating one team in the, in the NBA right now, if you're the Lakers and that team, you, that team you should be focused on is the Brooklyn Mets. And uh, to me, if you ever uh, I if I had a chance to get Bradley bill, if I could, if I could just pack, if I can put a package together, get Bradley bill, I think I would have to, I would have to do it. I think I would have to do it now. Would you have to give up probably what? Kuzman, a draft pick. Uh might I wouldn't say Stroder, Montrose Harrell, probably. Probably Kuzman Harrell, a draft pick, and that might not be enough, but Taylor Horton, that 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 dude, probably him, probably him as well. They have some pieces. They have some assets, especially signing Stroder, Schroeder and uh and Mantras Harrell. They have assets to do to do so. Um, to at least be, to at least make a competitive offer. It won't be the best offer as far as some comparison for other teams who make uh, could make. But I think you have to give it a thought if you're the Lakers, because I just, you know, Anthony Davis is just. I uh, I just don't see him this year returning to the form that we saw him at last year. I just don't see it happening. So it'd be very interesting to see. What the Lakers uh, do in regards to that? They are, they, there's been some talk about the Lakers going after center. Okay, that, you know that's not. I don't think that will move the needle as far as a championship, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Lloyd Pierce, the Atlanta, the well, the ex Atlanta Hawk coach, is out after basically two and a half years. You see the record forty nine and hundred. That will get you fired, especially if you're a black coach in the NBA in a heartbeat. Um, listen, the, the Hawks expected. To make the playoffs this year. Um, they went all in with the free agent signings. Gallinari, Gallinari, uh, Boganovich, Rondo. Uh, coming off a year where Trey Young was an all star. They um, have a nice young core. John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, um, Cam Reddish. I mean, they, they they should be better than 14 and 20, but. You know, Collins has missed some games. Uh, Trey Young has not come back the same player. Gallinari, of course, has missed games. That's what he does. And they just haven't all been you, know, you know, got off to a decent start, pretty good start, but have tailed off. Listen, they're still in the mix to make the playoffs. I mean, it's, in the Eastern Conference, you can have multiple. There, there might be multiple teams that get, get in the playoffs with, with under 500 records in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference this year, that is a very distinct possibility. Um, you can't, again, the room for error for a black coach in, in the NBA is just not. You know, I can't give you. You know, if, if they, if the owner spends a ton of money, and the team's expecting to make the playoffs, and you already have had pre, two losing seasons, so you have, you don't have any equity. You can't say, "Well, I did make the playoffs last year or the year before." Like, nah, nah, bruh. You, you, you know. It's nothing worse than an underachieving team that spent a ton of money, used a lot of t- their cap space, and um, fair or unfair, you know, this is not this, you know not a surprise or shouldn't be a shock whatsoever. Um, I hope Lloyd Pierce gets another chance. Um, it might be a while because again, he doesn't, doesn't I mean, he doesn't have any winning seasons in his in his in his bag, but. Uh, that team is talented. They, they definitely have a lot of talent, and we'll see. You know, they they still have an opportunity. Uh, they still have an opportunity to uh, make the playoffs. So there you go uh, with the NBA. Very intrigued. I, I want to watch this game. I, I want to see tonight. In terms as far as tonight's games, uh, Kyrie Irving should play tonight. So uh, Brooklyn San Antonio. San Antonio quietly has been a, one of the best stories in the league. Uh, in the NBA, especially in the Western Conference, they are fifth in the Western Conference right now, at 17 and 12. So I'm very have an interest in, in that particular game. That, that will be uh, I think it's like 8:30 tip off. So that's certainly a game to watch uh, tonight. Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson is a for now the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, but clearly he once out of Seattle um, late last week, he, his agent came out with a list of teams that he would be willing to go to. Uh, now, before I, before I get into this, I want to make this clear. Russell Wilson has not officially asked for a trade. not he, he has not officially asked for a trade. Which to me, I I just I mean, I'm I know why he hasn't, but it still doesn't make any sense. See, Russell Wilson wants, you know, wants it all. He wants to be traded and he wants his image to main to be to main to be a still a squeaky clean. I'm not, you know, I'm not the malcontent player. Russell, we everybody knows that if you do get traded, it will be because you went out. You're gonna go in the same same block box is DeAndre Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson, as a player who wanted, who forced his way out of his respective city. There's no two ways about it. So is like, he can do all this, you know, I haven't demanded a trade, but my agent's given a list of teams that are we willing to go to. People, the media, everybody's going to put him in that same box as a guy who wanted out. So the, I just don't just I just come out. I, I wish, I wish Russell Wilson would just come out and say I want to be traded. Here's why, and in the story, it, it would it's, listen. Is what's is what's we see it all the time, especially in the NBA. Guys, demand to be guys, demanding to be traded. And I don't, frankly, have a problem with, with Russell Wilson wanting to, wanting to be traded. Um, Seattle, you know, it's interesting. Seattle, you look at the genesis of, uh, of this. Um, when Seattle was good, was great. When they were amongst the best teams in the league, they had two things going for them that were, that were set in stone. You had, you had a dynamic running game with Marshawn Lynch and you had a lights out defense uh, with Legion Boom and Bobby Wagner and those guys. Um, you look at Seattle's defense from 2011 to 2000 and I'm going to say 16 they were a legit top. They, I don't think they finished lower than seventh in total defense, and they finished first four times. As their defense and running game has taken a, uh, a step back, Wilson's numbers have gone up. And he's had his best years post-Legion of Boom and post-Seattle being a Super Bowl contender. So I find that it's very interesting from that standpoint. Now, where Russell, where Russell, where Russell Wilson is right. Listen, he has every right to hold the franchise accountable for not putting a championship caliber team around him. He has that right, especially playing the playing the quarter, the position of quarterback, and especially carrying as much weight as he carries on that team. So I have no problem with Wilson wanting to be out of Seattle. Um. If I'm Seattle, I would not trade him. Number one, and I they I would go out my way to build a super team and say, "Hey, Russell, this is the team. You're under contract. We're putting. We're going to put these pieces in front of you, and we're going to go win the Super Bowl in 2020 and in the 2021 season." That's what I would do. So I would not. I would not trade Russell Wilson if I were Seattle. Um you look at some of the look at the teams that uh that he mentioned that his agent mentioned um, two of them make sense um, but really i really only one of them makes sense And I'm gonna tell you why Chicago makes no sense to me they that like that coaching, that coaching staff, that uh Daffens line isn't is any good. They they don't have a lot of weapons in Chicago. Um that I, I just don't understand why Chicago would be on his list other than the fact that it's a big media market. So I, I don't even understand Chicago at all. Dallas has weapons, but if you're Russell Wilson, you really want to go with that organization you really want to go with that organization that 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 shows year in year out that they can't get right as far as and i mean that i mean there's a reason why dallas hasn't hasn't been a super bowl contender in the last since 1996. like they like they like that that so yeah dallas looks alluring from in terms of the talent but remember and you got to think about this if you're Russell Wilson, if they trade for you, they're, they're going to be giving up a, a ton of draft capital and a lot of talent and players. John Snyder and Pete Carroll, you think that if they do move Russell Wilson, that they're not going to get a a boatload of picks and and, and, and and great players going back. Then you don't know. You don't know how Seattle deals. You don't know how John Snyder deals. They're going to get a boatload uh, of capital, draft capital. And talented players back if they move Russell Wilson. Trust me. So from that standpoint, I don't think that's that should be appealing. Dallas should be appealing. Las Vegas, okay. They have some weapons, weapons offensively. It's Las Vegas. Um Mayock and Gruden have they have drafted well. Uh defense, but again, that's a situation similar to what he had this year at the beginning of the season, where he would be carrying. The team because the defense isn't that good. Now, New Orleans is to me the perfect fit uh with all the talent they have. Even if they were to give up some picks and a, and a defensive player or office lineman, they're so loaded with talent. They do such a great job at developing talent, and they're so and well coached that I, if I'm Russell Wilson, if I'm pushing to go anywhere, it will be the, to the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk about Drew Brees later. But let's let's say for a second, for argument's sake, like that Drew Brees decides to retire, there's no question, it, it wouldn't be no issue about who the quarterback is. Um you could use Taysom Hill again as a as, as you, you could you could use Taysom Hill again in terms of you know the gimmick plays and things of that nature, put him play him back in that role and probably you know, what you wouldn't trade James Wilson because he could be a backup. But that to me, if I'm Russell Wilson and I if if it's if it's all about winning, if it's all about winning, then to me, there's only one team that should be on this list, and that's New Orleans Saints. I, I'm not sure that it's all about winning with Russell Wilson, and it's, it's, it sounds crazy to say because this is a guy who, through his first nine years, has been no – t- no quarterback has won more games in the regular season through his first nine years, along with having two Super Bowl appearances and one Super Bowl. But there is a thought process that – you know, Wilson wants, you know, wants to be in a major market, in a big market, in a in a in a attention-seeking market like Dallas, like Las Vegas, like Chicago, as far as media, uh, as far as media capital. It is that sense? He listen. He is married to Sierra. He is married to Sierra. Don't forget about that part of, of this equation as well. But to me, there's one choice here. In, in terms of which team would make the most sense, and by the way, uh, in terms of having the most assets and uh, talent, is to me clearly New Orleans from that standpoint. Now, again, if I'm Seattle, I'm not trading them. Just not like you. You know, you, like you're under. We were too. We're too close. And again, the thing in Seattle can do is Wilson is his uh, his protection of his uh, image. Like, that's a real thing. Like, they can definitely use that against him as far as refusing to trade him. Because is Russell Wilson really going to threaten to sit out a season? No. Or is he going to actually sit out a season? No. I actually think Deshaun Watson would sit out the season and, 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 and sacrifice $21 million. I don't think Russell Wilson will even threaten to sit out the season. 'Cause I don't think Russell Wilson wants that perception of the fans as being this quote unquote malcontent or being somebody that um comes off his comes off as being uh putting himself ahead putting himself ahead of the team. I like think he definitely cares about his Q rating and things of that nature. So that is something that Seattle has in his back pocket as far as you know, when they when he, you know, when as as time goes along. I think what eventually happens is he ends up back in Seattle at least for this year. And we see how this year comes turns out. Uh, there's also another scenario that could keep him in Seattle. Um, and they talked, it was talked about um this I've heard this as well as possibly with would Seattle fire Pete Carroll. And I have to see it to actually believe it. I have to actually see that to believe it. Um Cal, of course, has, a, has, a, has had a great record with Seattle. Um, but it is, I, I I will say this, and I'm gonna, gonna put a bow on this. The genesis of this, this wouldn't even be talked about if Seattle had repeated as world champions in 2014. It wouldn't, wouldn't even be an issue. If he had, if, if Pete Carroll, when they try to outthink the game, handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, touchdown, uh, Seattle is back-to-back champions. Think about this. Well, one of the reasons why Russell Wilson is asking for a trade is he's thinking he's 32 years old, and he's they have not won a playoff game since since the uh, Super Bowl win against uh, against Denver. I think that was Super Bowl 48. Yeah, I think that was Super Bowl. Uh, I believe it was Super Bowl 47 or 48. I think I believe it was 47. Um yeah, 40, 48, Super Bowl 48. Have not won a playoff, have lost five straight playoff games since that, have not even advanced. Um, well, since they lost the Super Bowl to New England, have not even advanced past the divisional round. So he's starting to think about his legacy. And probably thinking to themselves, I should have more than just one Super Bowl. I don't want to end up. I don't want to be end up like Aaron Rodgers is right now. Have all these numbers and you know awards and things that have and what have you they only have one Super Bowl to show for it. So don't think that. So to me, this this you know this started with uh, with that Super Bowl loss, and even though Seattle has been good since then, they've been good. They have not reached that level. They have not reached that level of being a contender since uh, since that Super Bowl loss. So that, to me, is the genesis of all of this when you really dig deep and think about it. But again, I, my prediction is he will not be traded this offseason. And Seattle will, you know, they will kind of mend fences um, and go out and try to go all in for 2021. And, and so we're going to switch gears a bit, um, of course, the Johnson Johnson vaccine is going to roll out this week, um, you see, uh, it will be the third vaccine joining the Moderna and Pfizer, uh, it is not as effective as those two vaccines are at 85%, those vaccines are are well into the mid-90s as far as effective, as far as being, you know, protection from the virus, but, you only have to take one shot of the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Um, and it does not have to be frozen. As you can see, it can be stored in refrigerators up up until or well, up until three months. Question now, you know where I stand. I'm not taking the vaccine until I absolutely have to, and it may not even take a thing. So yeah, like I'm I'm good. I'm waiting on the vaccine. But hypothetically speaking, and I'm put this question out there. Once this episode is completed, which vaccine would you take? If you had a choice. I mean, those there are people. Most most doctors will tell you, if you have a chance to take any of them, if you have to, because this rollout has been just hideous and because it's been challenging to say the least, you take the one that's first available. If you're willing, if you if you are willing to take the vaccine at all, just take the first available one, no matter which one it is. But if you had a choice, which one would you take? You're sacrificing effectiveness effectiveness for only having to take only having to take it once? Um I mean it's it's, it's an interesting uh question. I I probably would lean towards the Johnson and Johnson just just because I'll, you know. just because of the one shot, like you tell me, I have, take, I have to give me one shot and that's it. And then I don't have to worry about it until, it's probably, until probably next year. Cause it, you know, it's the way COVID is going. It's probably, people are probably going to take vaccines every year, year in a year. It's probably going to be similar to like the flu shot. But if you take the Moderna Pfizer, take the first shot and get a schedule scheduled to take the second shot. Then, you know, you you count on, you count on the government, you count on the fact that it might, you're putting, a, you're putting a lot into, you're, you're putting a lot of trust in the fact that it will be available. The second, that second shot will be available considering just how difficult it has been in regards to how tricky it can be to, to freeze to freeze the Moderna, Pfizer, with the, with uh, with how many things have to have to be put in place just to maintain those particular vi- those particular vaccines, and more I mean, this I haven't heard anybody who's taking the first shot not be able to get the second one. Uh, as of yet, we haven't heard those those horror stories. But I, I I think that I would lean towards if I were to take the shot to get the vaccine shot, I would lean towards the Johnson Johnson. Um. The Johnson and Johnson shot, um, which is a base, basically a one and done. And I'm telling you, I'm tell you this as well. And this is a perfect example too, of not rushing to immediately taking taking the to taking the first um, the first rollout of vaccines. Things are going. The vaccines the vaccines are going to get better and more advanced as time goes along. As time goes on. So to me, again, if you if you I can understand, like a a person in their 60s or somebody like in their 60s and 70s or has underlying conditions, conditions, I totally get it. I totally get it. You probably seen people die of of COVID. You probably fearful of your own life in regards, especially if you have underlying conditions. I I can't even for, for your own psychological peace of mind. I can understand why you you would want to take the vaccine immediately, but if you're somebody with no underlying conditions, if you can wait and are still willing to take the vaccine, it will not hurt. Will not hurt you at all to wait for them to improve the vaccine that much more. These doctors, medical technology is as good as it's ever been. Scientists, science is as good as it's ever been. If the 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 vaccine will get better as time goes along, just like any other, any other thing. in with technology, the more and more research is done, the more and more money has put into it, it will improve. So I don't think you can be hurt by waiting uh, an extra month or two or waiting to see how this turns out and, you know, wait into the summertime or towards the latter part of the year. Now, again, it's, uh, it's, this is a totally different conversation for someone with underlying conditions or someone in a, at a very advanced age, totally understand a 75 year old rushing <laughs> to take the vaccine. I'm not, I'll be honest with you, but again, you made me make the choice, probably would choose, uh, Johnson Johnson, a couple of real thoughts before we wrap up. So I had it. This story came out about three weeks ago. So I apologize for being late to the party from that standpoint, but I, I frankly did not see it blow up and be talked about the way that you would, you, you would think you would considering the person who made the statements. So Denzel Washington had some comments on policing. Um, and I, I, have his, I have his exact comments right here. Um, was on an interview promoting of course the movie uh the little things that, that came out about a month ago. So th- here's what he says. Uh I have the utmost respect for and he's talking about he's talking about law enforcement. He's talking about a situation that he went out. He was uh, you know, getting ready for ricochet. This is back in the day, back in like ninety nineteen ninety, ninety one. He and he was out with some cops. So he was getting ready for getting ready training for Ricochet. And he says, um, In an instant, it taught me what law enforcement people have to deal with. I have the utmost respect for what they do, for what our soldiers do that sacrifice their lives. I just don't care for people put those kind put those kind of people down. Weren't for them, we would not have the freedom to complain about what they do. So the situation he's talking about apparently some cops that he was with escalated a situation de-escalated a situation that according to him could have went so- could have went south as if they were going to kill somebody in front of Denzel Washington and as if that's not their job to de-escalate situations and not actually shoot a person or persons um a couple things first of all Denzel is clearly taking a shot at Black Lives Matter um that goes without saying. And because I haven't heard people complain about police or protest about police who are de-escalating situations and who are using their voices instead of using force. I heard. I I I please email not email but send it to me DM me please send me those articles. Send me please send me those articles on people who are protesting Cops, when they don't use force, when they actually have a conversation, when they actually, you know, protect and serve instead of and, and, instead of exhibit harm and, you know, danger to the community, to the community, especially African-Americans. Um, Denzel is very, and, and give you some more context, Denzel also is promoting. Uh, he's getting ready to shoot another film with some cops as well, so keep that in mind. So clearly, this was a, a tone depth statement by Denzel. Um, again, you if you've known anything about how I feel about acting and and you would know that I'm, there's not a bigger Denzel Washington fan than me. I think Denzel Washington is, in my opinion, the greatest actor of all time and definitely deserves to be in that conversation. He's, we know what Denzel brings to the table as an actor. But you got to lose some points on this, man. You got to lose some points on, on with this statement. Uh, and then this led me down a, a, a bit of a rabbit hole with some of his statements in the past about even the structure of, of the family home. He's repeatedly talked about it's not the system in regards to, in regards to mass incarceration, but it is the lack of fathers in the uh, African-American households. Now, it, even that, is not all the way true because you know there are a number of uh, you know it, it kind of adds to the narrative that there are not any good black fathers out there which we know is complete bullshit it was is, which is a media created narrative but also he doesn't mention the fact that the system he doesn't hold the system of systematic racism he doesn't hold that accountable like two things can be true yes a father's father's need to be in their children's lives black white brown or otherwise. But there's a reason why there are a number of African American males in prison. Um, if you really, if you really want to dig deep into, and go down that rabbit hole and go and and go to the origins of that, of of how the system is basically designed with basically designed to to mass incarcerate African Americans. And you know, I I just think Denzel, you know, just you know missed the boat here and just and and. You know, you can't, listen, you can, um, you don't have to be all or nothing. Like, like I said, two things can be true. Situations have nuance to them. These sub, these sub, some of these subject matters have nuance to it. Um, So, you know, I'm not going to call Denzel sellout. I'm not going to say he's a coon, nothing like that. Not going to put, not going to put that on him. But uh, he, you know, he, you know, he dropped the ball on this. And I will say this, Denzel is operating from a, perspe- a perspective of privilege as well. Denzel Washington is is filthy rich. He's not, he, Den- Denzel's been, he's been, been a $20 million uh, film actor for a long time now. So understand that too. Denzel is not trying to mess up his money by being any, by coming, by coming close to being anywhere near controversial. Uh, controversial or coming at cops. So keep like keep that in mind. You know, not too many. Listen, it just it just go. It just goes to show you, like you know, the Jim the uh, Mama Leads of the world, the Tamika Mowery Mowerys of the world, the guy, the people that are out there on the front lines. Even you can hate Black Lives Matter all you want, but Alicia Garcia is out there risking her life, having death threats every day, fighting for something that she believes in. And she does, she does believe, she does not believe in police killing innocent uh, black men or spray paint or pepper spraying nine year old children. Okay. So there are, it it just gives you a more of a respect, a higher respect for the people who are out there doing the work and who are not Colin Kaepernick who are not afraid to speak their minds, uh thinking about what money could possibly be lost or endorsements or you know what could be said about them. So again, I my respect for Denzel as an actor has not changed, but uh, you know, he uh he missed the, you know, he was definitely tone deaf with these comments. Uh Vanessa Bryant uh came out with an Instagram post this weekend in regards to. Really wanting to hold uh, police officers accountable for the cop, the police officers that took pictures of the uh, tragic uh, helicopter accident with Kobe Bryant and of course Gigi and the seven other seven others that were killed. Now apparently these cops were not only took pictures of of the wreckage and of the bodies, they they showed them to to various people. Within a, in a bar, they sent them to people, to friends of theirs. And she, Vanessa Bryant, is not tolerating any any disrespect on the name of Kobe Bryant, whether it's from Meek Mill, whether it's from Rachel Evan Wood, whoever. She's coming for anybody that 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 seemingly that even comes close to to trying to tarnish the legacy of one Kobe being Bryant. And listen, it is absolutely her right to do so. I'm not blaming her at all, knocking her at all for protecting Kobe Bryant's name or the name of her or of her of her daughter, or her late daughter, Gigi. You just wonder with Vanessa Bryant being clearly a public figure figure now, and with that and you know that name, Vanessa Bryant, she has you know millions of followers on Instagram. You just wonder if she's ever going to get a a uh, chance to properly grieve the loss because, you know, it, it, she evens the stuff that she had to deal with with her. I believe her mom and it's just something It's one seemingly one thing after another. And I just I, I don't I, I she cannot. There's no way that she's had she, that, that she's been able to properly. Grieve uh, the death uh, of Kobe and Gigi. This is no way. So I just hope that she can one day, um, that's that situations that that, that circumstance that situations don't occur to where she has to respond to them, that to where she can kind of quietly go about her business, and just you know and and, and, and grieve the loss and, and grieve the tragic loss of one Kobe Bryant, so and and Gigi Bryant. But uh, again, as far as her protecting the name of Kobe Bryant and Gigi, is she has every right to do so. Every right. Uh, no qualms with that whatsoever. Uh, we mentioned this earlier Drew Brees. Uh, we talked about Drew Brees. He apparently had a, had a workout video uh, this weekend that came out. Um, it was expected that he was going to retire. He, of course, has not officially announced his retirement. I'm mean, gonna announce his retirement, but you know the door is open um, for him to possibly come back. Uh, uh, listen, I, the Drew Brees that we saw at the end of the last season—there's no way that that guy can play quarterback at a high level in, in the NFL, and he would be absolutely doing New Orleans a favor if he retired. To be honest with you, like that—that that, so I—I I, I think he probably would. Uh, you know guys start training, it, it does look strange for a guy to be training that hard and being retired and be, you know, considered uh, and, and be retired. But, you know, I, I think that uh, if you maybe have to guess it, I think he probably will – I think he, he will probably uh, – retire i guess if you're new orleans you have you don't you have to give you can't if you're new orleans you have to give him the cold shoulder especially with this russell with this russell westbrook possible possibly trade possible trade situation even deshaun watson is still out there to be traded so if i'm new orleans i'm like you know go ahead drew you know we uh probably think it's in the best interest of organization to uh for you not to play next year that's what I would that that's I don't think they should outright just get rid of Drew Brees but we'll we'll see what happens with that and lastly JJ Watt signs a two-year 31 million dollar deal with the Arizona Cardinals a little bit surprised but a little bit surprised I thought Pittsburgh was you know was the leader in the clubhouse but it's just you know money is money at the end of the day I mean he's gonna make 23 million dollars guaranteed uh two years, $31 million. I don't know how much, I, I think at this stage in his career, he would be a great situational, situational pass rusher on third downs. I don't think that the JJ Watt, that, that three time defensive player of the year, all pro, all pro that, that dude is gone. That guy is gone. But I do think he can be, you can never have enough pass rushers. And, uh, they have Chandler Jones, who's one of the best pass rushers in the country, in the, in the, in the league. Um, um, I do think he could still be somewhat effective, but I, I don't, again, uh, he was healthy this year, but he's had, he's had some health issues um, in the past four or five years. Uh, but, you know, listen, as long as you, as long as you know that this guy, that he's not, a, he's no longer more likely every day, uh, every down player. And, you know, as long as you can use him, um, he still has some use, but, um, yeah, but the, again the JJ Watt of yesterday, that guy is done. Even and I think he's still relatively young, 30, 31, but he has a there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of injury history on that body, pure, pure and simple. Uh that's gonna wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal pod- podcast. As always, you can find this podcast on my go to my YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to my channel, comment on the podcast. Um this, this podcast will be up before the end of the night. Uh, I will see you later on in the week with episode two, with a look at episode three of Snowfall. Have a great, great Monday evening and have a great rest of your week. I'm out.